Welcome to Mission Minded, the podcast where we explore outside-the-box thinking in carrying out Christ's Great Commission. On this week's episode, we are joined by Tim Williams, president of Empower Approach. Our sponsor for today's podcast is Dignity Roasters Coffee, locally roasted and packaged by the distressed to fuel each day. Dignity Roasters was born through a passion to partner with the distressed and the desire of bringing the universally loved beverage of coffee to your hands. To order your own coffee or to learn more about Dignity Roasters, visit their website at DignityRoasters.com. Now here's your host, Jim Tingler and John Spin. Hi and welcome back to the Mission Minded Podcast. I'm Jim. Yeah, and I'm John. And here we're celebrating the 10-year anniversary of John and Tim meeting. Yeah. Yep. July of 2011, almost almost 10 years ago now. Hard to believe. So, Tim, why don't you introduce yourself for those who might not be familiar? Well, I don't mind saying my name. My name's Tim Williams. I live in Knoxville, Tennessee. I have lived there since 1988, and I'm a dentist. I was by myself, alone doing dentistry for 15 years, the first 15 years of my career. Then I moved over to the University of Tennessee Medical Center, a hospital, where I teach in a residency program and also have a, a practice as well, which will be important to know as we continue to talk how God works things out, because this was not on my radar in 2003 when I moved over to the university. So I've uh, been there since '03 and uh, been involved in missions since probably 2010. And John's right, met him in 2011, soon after I started doing any international mission work to speak of. And God has just been rocking our world. It's just an amazing ride. Uh, Married, got two kids, five grandbabies now. Two of them are twins. They're awesome. So we won't spend all day talking about that just to say that God has richly blessed me and I am thrilled to be back down here with you guys in person with no masks. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. One of our first in-person guests on the show for for a while, right? Yep. It's been a little while. Been a little while. Yeah. But John, so where did you guys meet? Well, we were in Uganda, uh, near, was it Iganga? Yeah. So, uh, this was back in, uh, July of 2011, and it was my wasn't my first dental trip, but it was my first training trip, and uh, for you as well, Tim. Yes, my and first we were so there trip. were four dentists. Um, uh, the team leader was a guy, Eric, a guy that I went to. We grew up in the same church, uh, small town, Central Illinois, same at dental school. He was three years ahead of me, and then another dentist so there were four of us and tim and i were this was our first time just kind of contemplating this idea of training and um so that's where we met was that with empower with empower approach right and um yeah and it's been a good 10 years we keep bumping into each other that's true in the field and at different mission conferences even around the world too i think so (laughs) we bumped into each other in kenya at a missions meeting i think so t- oh, okay. I you've that was eventful. We're not going to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> so, so Tim, had you been involved in medical mission trips up to that point? Yeah, I had done local ministry uh, for many, many years of my career. So I started in, in dentistry in 1988. So from 1988 to probably 
2005 or six or so, most of my mission stuff involved local stuff, not mm-hmm. leaving the country. As you heard me say, I have two kids. My wife, uh, who is right under God, said, you know, you're, you're not going to go out of the country because I know you. Uh, you'll do something crazy, which she was probably right. And so we uh, we did mostly local stuff. And there's uh, and there's plenty of outreach that people can do in their local community, healthcare providers and or lay people. So the field was still ripe, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I had known my whole my whole career, I knew that God was going to eventually put me somewhere doing something using uh, a skill or a talent that he gave me. I thought it would be my singing voice because I used to sing on praise teams all over really? and in groups I, all over. I didn't know this. Oh, yeah. You've never heard okay. me sing. Only, wow. only mission stuff. And okay. I thought can God you give was going to use a, me. Can you give us a sample today? Well, uh, I've got a little bit of a cold, but yeah, I could. What do you want to hear? I don't know. Our what, God what? is an awesome God. He reigns yeah, rich from moments. heaven above. Go. One of my favorite artists, by the way. Okay. And that's all you're going to get. Okay. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I, that's a total surprise. If I surprise. do more than three total or four bonus. bars, I expect We've never had I that happen. Kickbacks. Yeah. So. Okay. So, Where uh, could somebody get a copy of your demo? Uh, you know what? I actually have. We'll put it on the show notes, a link believe to it. Believe it or yeah. not. Okay. There are, there are tapes. Okay. Cassette tapes, okay. not CDs or cassette tapes. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. No, no. Right. As recently as probably 20, well, right before I went on the mission field. Okay. Because what I found out, when one is in the mission field and you're singing praise songs in English, if you're in a primarily uh, non-English speaking area, they don't understand. So there's no edification that you can do other than just the tune. And so nothing was happening. I was singing my heart out for Jesus and... Uh, the, I was in India, actually, and the folks were just looking at me like I was, I don't know. I don't know what it was like, but they were, they were not responding. And then it occurred to me, wait a minute. God gave you a dental degree and some knowledge and some gifts. Let's do that. And from that point on, it was easy. Yeah. It's kind of like God finally said, no, you're not going to be singing. You're going to be doing what I've raised you to do. He really gifted, and I know John will agree with this, God gifts people uh, with skill sets, and and to be a gifted dentist is a privilege. Honestly, it's a privilege. Well, and I think that that is a kind of a historical shift in missions. You, like you look at like the scatter global movement. Everybody historically was told if you want to serve God, go to seminary, forsake your career, go to seminary, and be a missionary. And now we're seeing, especially in the closed world, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. prof- health professionals of various kinds are. You, those are the people that those are the only people that can get into some of these countries, exactly close countries, right. and so uh, just re just looking at things very differently from the historical model of mm-hmm. you know you know forsaking your 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 profession and going to seminary and then becoming a missionary. Um, and I don't think that's an accident. I think that is God ordained mm-hmm. um, because what we do and this is iTech and everyone knows iTech is all about training is and so is empower that i work with now is to go train Mm -hmm. and it is vocational training that we extend to the world there's not theological training although that's valuable but most of these countries even have bible colleges i know india does for sure i know uganda does for sure and so they have training institutes what they don't have is skilled workers uh, with professional backgrounds or business backgrounds to come in and actually share what they know, teach mm. knowledge. Yeah. And that was a shock to me. The first time I 
ever did a trip when you heard us say we with John. The first trip I ever did was in India. Uh, I sang and worked. Okay. It was a doing trip. And, and many times, m- many of the people listening may or may not know we have doing trips and then we have teaching trips is kind of how I lined them out. Mm-hmm. And I did a doing trip and I was worn out. I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. Uh, this would be a great time to tell probably tell you guys how I found iTech because a lot of people don't know this story. Um, so I, I do a week and a half in India. I'm in South India and in, uh, outside Bangalore and working under the trees. It's just what you read about. You know, we're sitting up under trees and, you know, the whole thing. Work really, really hard. It was fruitful, okay? It was a, it was a blessing to us. I learned a lot. Uh, my first international trip ever in my life could have been anywhere but India, and I couldn't have, because India is as different culturally Food, from Knoxville, a little clothing, different from Knoxville. A little different than the Hill folks. There was nothing like what we see in Tennessee <laughs> in India. Smells, mm-hmm. uh, it was just incredible. So after the culture shock wore off, you start to see people and you start to love the people. And then you, and anyone that's done any mission work outside of the U.S., you start to realize that God made us with very similar needs, desires, and wants, and and everyone deserves love, and you just fall in love with the people, which we did. But about the day five or five or six in, uh, I loved the people, but I didn't like bending over. My back was just paying the price. I was just, and this was 2010. Doing the dental work. Oh, paying the, yes, yes, because we were sitting in a a chair, uh, like much like we're sitting in, just a plastic, you know, chair and uh and i would have to bend over and twist and and john knows all about this being a dentist you do that anyway but repeatedly day after day after day took its toll such that i had to take a week after i got back just to recover so i'm thinking there's got to be a better way Hmm. i don't know if there's a dental chair that i can take in the field but if i could get him in a chair and lean him back i could sit in the chair and i wouldn't be exhausted and then i could see probably you know, 50, 100 more people a day if I needed to, to do that. And as God would have it, I don't even use the word luck anymore. There's too many things happening for this to have been luck. As God would have it, there was a man in my church, and this is in Knoxville, Tennessee, a man in my church that said, hey, uh, I think I have a connection to a dental chair for you. There's a guy named Steve Saint. He's down in Florida. Um, and he has a place that makes dental chairs to take on mission field. And so I thought, gosh, Mike, that's a great idea. He said, I'll tell you what, I'll fly you down because he's a pilot. He said, I'll fly you down and we'll go meet Steve and we'll look at the chair and then I'll even buy you the chair for you if you want it. I said, man, that's, that's great. And we never got weather. We never had appropriate weather. When I was off work, he was off work, and the skies would be clear enough to fly because he was not instrument trained, and we couldn't get it. Long story shorter, or long story long, I finally just got a commercial flight. Flew down, drove up. That was in uh, probably March, April, May. Um, I'm thinking it may have been June of 2010, June or July of 2010, uh, after the trip. I said, there's got to be something we can do. Saw the chair, and I don't even remember who it was at iTech at the time. Said, well, have you ever just thought of maybe not 
doing the work but teaching it. And I thought to myself, not in a million years. Nope. No, I teach I teach resident doctors who have graduated, and I know what all is involved in, in dentistry. I can't even imagine thinking about teaching. And he said, well, do some research, do some prayer. I said, well, you, do you know anybody that that's done this? And he said, yeah, a guy named Charlie Vitito out of uh, Louisville, Kentucky, is has has a, a group called Empower Approach that he founded, and I think he founded it in 2006 or something like that, along with Steve Saint. Mm-hmm. They were they co-founded that I think at the same same around the same time. I know the dental module came along then. Anyway, so we're I'm just randomly calling because I want I don't want to buy a chair or have someone buy me a chair that's not going to work. So I called and I'm trying to find Charlie. Well, Charlie wasn't in practice anymore. Uh, come to find out, Charlie is now a missions pastor at Southeast Christian Church, and so I run him down by phone. I say, Charlie, this is Tim Williams. You don't know me. But I understand you have a dental chair thing in power. And he said, well, yeah, but we don't just go sell them and do it. We're going to teach people. And I want to. I said, can I come up? And he said, well, come on, but I don't do that anymore. I'm a missions pastor. You need to talk to Linda Webster, who's the executive director, still is the executive director, and made a trip up there out of the blue. Um, she said, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you just come on a trip with us? We're going to be in Uganda in July, July of 2011. 2011. And I said, and, and we have a young dentist. Who, for, he's in the armed forces at the time. He's coming down. So he's it's his first trip, too. And we're going to try this out. And I got to tell you, and John may already told you, and he will back me up on this. I was blown away. I didn't think in four days that it would be possible to train a layperson, most with no college education, uh, how to extract teeth. And to watch it happen was absolutely astounding. Hmm. And, and I think one of the things about that trip for me, because we were both in the same boat of kind of open, maybe skeptical to this idea, but I, yes. I think that probably the most helpful thing for me is that there were two students that had been trained a year before, and they came back, uh, Peter and Joseph. Joseph and I know Peter you know that when I got to see these guys I was like wow these because I think Peter Peter had taken out maybe two or three hundred teeth in the yes. last year and I was I was impressed and I and I think that seeing the returnees and yes. really helped me believe that this was possible and so I think that was very very uh, helpful for me to be able to see that yeah. And they were teaching. Hmm. They were actually, of course, most of them didn't speak English well, but Peter and Joseph spoke the local language very well, and it was much easier for them to show them the skills that they had picked up. It's it's really, really such a nice model. Hmm. And now you're a part of Empower. Yeah, it's interesting how that happened, too. So I told you I teach uh, residents in a hospital, and so we're teaching the residents, and I'm doing dentistry and I was looking for something more not just going on a trip every year or whatever I was wanting to do something else and I said God I don't really know what you want me to do um I have no idea but I I know how I know how now to do what you want me to do 
So we sat back and waited. I've learned to wait on God now. I don't rush out and jump in things. God brings things and says, here's your plan. Here you go. Uh, got a phone call from um, Linda and uh, just thought they may want me to be on the board or something. And they said, no, would you just like to be president? And I said, I don't, we don't have a president of Empower. We've never had a president of Empower. I said, well, we do now because we want you to come on board and help guide us a little bit, uh, which... I was I had to take a, a few weeks. I didn't know what that meant. Um, it's been it's been eye opening working in ministry. Okay, uh, it's been a pleasure. I have met people through Empower the ministry side of it that I would never have met just in the mission field. I wouldn't have an opportunity to encounter them, and so it's been valuable to me. My wife and I have been up to Louisville several times. I've been there, and, of course, that's where I see you guys a lot, at the GMHCs that they have there in, in Louisville at Southeast Christian. And i got to tell you, it's it's really been neat. I really don't know. I'm, I'm only part-time president because I'm still a full-time dentist and a full-time educator uh, here on the state side. And with COVID, that kind of threw everything up in the air. But we're about to hit the road again, and I'm not really sure where God's going to take us there, but – it's been nothing but an exciting ride. I like to tell people all the time, if you're not sure what you're wanting to do, if you're not sure where God's going to put you, if you think I have this skill or I don't have any skill or whatever, you just say the prayer, I will do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. Just you speak to me and make it plain that this is what you want for my life. And then hold on. I bet everybody in this room, anybody listening that's involved in missions or any ministry will tell you it is a wild ride, and it's been a blast. It has been such fun. Not all easy. I don't want it to make it sound like it's all, uh, you know, ice cream and, and chocolate cupcakes. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's not. It's hard work. Don't Please don't misunderstand. Uh, we've all traveled. You know what it's like sitting in airports. You know what it's like to not have air conditioning. Uh, you know, been in a hospital a, a time or two, but that's okay because God's always there. He's always with me, uh, and he's always with us. He promised that. And so if you lean into God's promises, it's just amazing to see what happens. That's great. John, I was curious, had you been involved in medical mission trips uh, before that trip in 2011? Well, I had, let's see, I had been on, I did a, a trip in, College, uh, Global Health Outreach with the CMDA. Mm -hmm. I was not even thinking about dentistry at that point. I was working with eyeglasses. Uh, in 2009, I did a, or 2000, take that back, 2007, I went to Haiti as a dental student, worked with a dentist from uh, Washington State that went there every year. Um, and then 2009, I went to Nicaragua with some classmates. And, and I, that was the first time I had 2009 going to Nicaragua was the first time I'd traveled since completing dental school and 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 I remember going on that trip and you know we saw I don't know we, it was a short trip we saw maybe 50 patients over like a day or two, two or three days maybe between the you know the guys that were there and you know we did we did some good no 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 question about that but I I did walk away from that I think kind of like you of you know is there, is there, is there something more? Is there, you know, what, when we leave the dentistry stops, you know, yes. and I think Charlie's story, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, some of us are, I mean, the, the three of us are familiar with that story, but for those listening, you know, Charlie's in Jamaica and he's, you know, like you say, Tim, you know, 
back breaking long days you yes. know and and he's taken out teeth and and the last day you know the the guy who's in charge of crowd control comes to charlie and say charlie what do i what do i tell all these people that are in line because you're not you're not going to get to everybody in the line and charlie said i don't know he said but i got to keep working and i got a flight to catch and and the, the guy came back later and he was just sobbing you know and what do, what do i tell all these people mm -hmm. and i think that really shook charlie you know of that that there were more patients that, that needed his care. Absolutely. He said, what, what's the first thing you see on a short-term trip? It's a long line. What's the, what's the last thing you see? A longer a long line, line than when you started. Yes. And yeah. so that that really, you know, caused Charlie to reevaluate, ask questions. Is there, could we do this differently? You know, and, and that was his journey. And then we're, we're a few years behind Charlie. But, yes. you know, you think about in the, in the footsteps of a predecessor like that, um, you know, that um, just seeing where... God has taken, you know, you think about, mm -hmm, right. you know, ITEC, um, Steve Saint and Charlie did the first dental trains in 2004, yes. you know, in, in uh, Ghana and then in India, I think the following year in 20, 2005, you know, and just to see where that's gone today, you know. Sure. But so for those that are listening, maybe there's a dentist involved in medical sure. mission trips. Obviously, ITEC would be a place to look into, Empower mm -hmm. as Absolutely. well. Uh, but I think a bigger question, because there's probably a lot of people who aren't dentists that are listening. Uh, what is the challenge? Why why is dentistry such a big need around the world? Well, the world the World Health Organization, and correct me if I'm wrong here, John. The World Health Organization has basically said the greatest needs globally before COVID, obviously, were uh, vision care and dental care. Those are the things that were most lacking. And what we find is is, and we see this as we travel. You'll go into a country that may have 300,000 dentists, but 285,000 of those dentists are in and around the major metropolitan areas, and you get outside of any major city in a developing, or not even a developing country, some of your uh, second world maybe, I guess, for lack of a better word, countries, you get too far outside the city and there's no care. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no medical, there's no dental. Um, sometimes no access to clean water. Uh, the list goes on and on. Certainly no vision care. Mm -hmm. And so the need is great. Right. Um, don't have to be a dentist to be able to go teach people something. Uh, vision, basic vision care is something that lay, we can train lay people to teach. Mm -hmm. uh, dental hygienists t uh, teach how to clean teeth. Dentists are teaching how to, to pull teeth. We have nurses that go teach wound care. Mm -hmm. um, we have physicians that go teach basic medical. Uh, we have sister ministries, actually, that get more involved and teach how to do pre- and postnatal care on babies that are born. Helping babies breathe, yeah. Yes, and so <clears throat> the possibilities are endless. Farming, I know ITEC does uh, uh, farming uh, skills, and I think that's an incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, we have been in Zoom calls even with people. I learned this through COVID. This is a blessing of COVID if there is one. Uh, if there is a Zoom call that can be done with uh, believers in South Africa who are our facilitators, several people in America and folks in other countries who could get on and learn about how to teach business skills mm -hmm. alongside what we're doing. It's right. just amazing. So yeah, there's lots to do. Um, and, and who are you training? 
When, when you're going overseas, is is it the local? Yes. Church. Great question. We try to partner when, at, in most cases, with a local in country and we'll say indigenous partner mm-hmm. who has ministry already present, who knows the culture, knows the language, knows the local government officials, the health boards, right. what have you. Uh, they will contact us or we will contact them. Uh, it is still astounding to me how we all get put together. And it has to be a God thing because some of these folks are finding out about us and iTech uh, through some crazy ways that we couldn't orchestrate if we tried right. on, the human, on the human perspective. So they'll find us or we'll find them and then we will make contacts and we'll do some email conversations and we'll talk about expectations uh, what we're going to do as as the teachers that we're going to come in, how we're going to teach, uh, but they have responsibilities as the partner. Uh, one of those responsibilities is finding the students, and we give them some guidelines on here. Here's who you kind of want to look for. Uh, you know, you, you can't be afraid of blood if you're doing dental work, right? Um, and you you need to be able to be there for the training because being present for all the days of training is is pretty important because we move quick we teach quickly uh we go hands-on after day 1.5 we're hands-on so um we need that uh they will set up uh, the facilities the partner will the local partner will find the areas we're going to be working in and also try to make contact if they want to with local officials so that they know that we're coming uh to work and it just is is it messy at times? Yeah, but ministry's messy, and that's right. okay. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, I'm sure, scratched his head with the disciples and went, "This is so messy." <laughs> so, Father, what have you done? And yeah. yet, you see what's happened. So. Yeah. So you're working with uh, so these rural areas that you mentioned. You know, the, the the major cities might have a bunch of dentists, but you get out in the rural areas, and so the churches in those communities can provide dental care as a way to meet some of the needs that is the absolute reason we go yeah healthcare is necessary okay but jesus said go heal the sick and proclaim the good news okay mm-hmm. you heal the sick and proclaim the good news sometimes particularly in light of what john and i do is hand in glove they work together and so these these dental health workers that we call as we call them the dental health workers once they're trained then they have opportunity to go to areas that are quite frankly pretty heavily persecuted for just a itinerant preacher that would come in mm-hmm. uh, or to share the gospel but if they come in bearing skills to help the community right they're welcome with open arms they are allowed to then help the people but share the gospel right and uh, our eyes have been opened into how our brothers and sisters in these countries can share the gospel off of a platform of uh decay is like sin um a wound is like jesus took our wounds and it's just incredible to watch them (laughs) do their thing we've i've learned more than they have just quite frankly the evangelistic opportunities in that yeah and i I think you know you know some of these i think you have to think about just put some numbers to it. In the, in the United States, if you're in an area with less than one dentist for 5,000 people, that's considered a healthcare shortage area. And some of these African countries have one dentist for a million people. And so 
Uh, and some and some of these African countries have, in, in other places in the world, have no dental school. They have no way of bringing up any kind of dental worker. So I think about some of our, you know, partners we work with in Liberia. <clears throat> and, and there's five counties in southeast Liberia that have no dental presence. And they said to go someplace, be $100 U.S. to get a bus ride to go someplace to actually get where you could get a tooth extracted. And then you have to pay for that on top of that. And so, you know, the things that you talk about, Tim, of the the parallels between sin and decay, you know, we we just, I mean, we do that in our training module, you know, the James 1, evil desire gives birth to sin, sin full-grown gives birth to death, you know, this parallel of decaying over the enamel to the dentin to the pulp, and then the pulp dying, and then that can spread into a space infection, and and so just this those parallels that are really, red, you know, when I was in Papua New Guinea with Empower back in 2013, they had a sign up that said that you know, something about dentist. Rossim was the word to extract a tooth. Well, I went to their church service on Wednesday night, and they said Jesus came to remove our sin is the same word, Rossim, you know, the same oh, word really? in their language, uh, the same using to extract a tooth and Jesus removing our sin. You know, so there's a lot of parallels that, you know, if you can you think about some of the stuff you said, Tim, about opening the door. You know, the first dental train, the second dental train I, I took did in 2005 in India was in an area where they had they had killed a pastor a few months earlier who had tried to come in and evangelize, and um, you know, and so just coming back later with a skill that the community, you know, they need the gospel, but maybe not see that as a need, but at least knowing that they had dental needs, right? And you know, similar story in you know in North Africa with a uh, a guy that was. You know, in an area that Al Qaeda was, and and they the people actually protected him and said, "You can't, you can't kill this guy. He's our dentist." You know, and where the skills allowed him in an area that was that was hostile to the gospel, and so that's really our our bigger vision for this of getting access to people that you might not otherwise have access to. Yes, it's meeting a healthcare need, but it's bigger picture of evangelistic goals. Yeah. So we could say uh, we can take your tooth out and remove your pain, but we can't save your eternal soul which is more important right so yeah more concerned with um, somebody's eternal destination rather than just health care but it's an opportunity to meet needs in, in those communities so what are what are some of those those problems i know maybe our listeners have maybe had a cavity or or something an, an abscess but what, what are the long-term complications uh, that can happen when those because you mentioned extracting teeth and I think that might be a little different for a lot of people thinking on some of these training trips, um, a student might extract 20, 30 teeth. Is that right? Right. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I was at a I was at a dental meeting um, in West Virginia just uh, two months ago. And I was talking to two recent graduates from another state and they, to graduate from dental school, they, they only had to extract 10 teeth in four years of professional training. I couldn't believe it. This yes. is 2020. You know, 2020, 19 or 19 20, or 20 yes. that, yeah. that to graduate from a dental school in the United States, you only had to extract 10 teeth. Wow. Right? So, so, so what happens if you leave those teeth in? Well, um, I mean, yeah, that a necrotic tooth is just kind of a time bomb. You know, the, the, you know, the, when the tooth, when the pulp is inflamed, the patient's in a lot of pain and they're pursuing care. Usually the, the pulp, is that part of the tooth? The nerve. Right. Where the nerve of the tooth and the blood okay. supply is. And, what, what will happen, it's, it's the spiritual parallel of, you know, eventually the pulp will die and the pain will go away, and then the patient stops. So a lot, of, a lot of these developing countries, it's very survival mode. You know, dentistry is kind of a luxury. 
you only seek dental care if you're in pain. The, the idea of like going to the dentist on a regular basis to preventative, like get your teeth clean, that's that's foreign in most of these places. And so sometimes people in a developed context can't really think that way because that's that's it's very survivalist. Um, and so you know if you've got a necrotic tooth, you know that you know it's really a time bomb. You know the the bacteria can erode through the bones, spread into the soft tissue. If it's localized, it's fine. But if it, if it spreads into a space infection, you know, we I was in Liberia uh, last, let's see, two years ago. We saw a guy with a submandibular space infection from a lower tooth. And I was real impressed with a student. as a guy we had trained. He, you know, he he drained the, he, he punctured the, you know, the, the soft tissue, trying to get it drained, got the tooth out. So what is that in, in layman's terms? Um, so, you know, like a, he lanced, he lanced the area. Lanced well, the, area. Well, the, the bigger issue, because I've seen the pictures. Yes. I know so, what you're talking so about. What you, what, so this, this guy had, you know, submandibular space down below the, the jaw here started to swell. And that's getting close to the airway. And what you don't want is like a Ludwig's angina when it crosses the other side. So, yeah, it looked like the that guy could, had a grapefruit <clears throat> right below his, his jaw. Yeah. So that that's, you know, on the on the. Um, that's probably one of the most common concerns on the lower teeth. If you've got a, a space infection spreading to potentially close off the airway, you know, th thankfully that's pretty rare, but you know, it, it, happens. it happens, you know, people, you know, I remember a lady in Sierra Leone showed us some pictures of a kid that had died from mm -hmm. an untreated, um, you know, had a, had a, a necrotic tooth and just mm -hmm. allowed and it just, it got so, you know, the infection spread and death yeah. and dental infection with. is not uncommon in, mm -hmm. in developing countries. <clears throat> because they can't get care. They don't have access to care. They don't know how to get care, even if mm -hmm. they do. They will do witch doctors. Uh, they'll go to the local shaman. They'll put a poultice on and hope it mm -hmm. helps. Um, they will try to dig them out with boar's teeth or whatever they can get their hands yeah. on, because if anyone's ever had a toothache, yeah. you know what we're talking about. It's not something you just say, well, I'm not going to forget about this and go about my business. You can't. Mm -hmm. So they'll crazy things like putting battery acid on a piece to of cotton and shoving pulp. it in the hole. Yeah. Um, things that we wouldn't think of in America because we have access to care by and large. Right. Uh, and um, death is the ultimate end goal. Uh, it can be, okay? Fortunately, if we have enough dental health workers that we can train, if we can find enough American or European believers to go train people we're starting to see the eradication in surrounding villages as uh, because john is right as we go back we don't just go back and train one bunch and leave and never go see them again we try to return and train a few more and a few more and a few more with the whole goal being to reach out from a central area into the more remote villages mm. to make sure number one they're getting good health care Okay, they're not doing crazy things to themselves to try to make pain stop. But number two, they're hearing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Which, let me think, is the goal. Yeah. <laughs> right? So right. that's why we're there. That's why you're doing it in the first place. Yeah. That's good. So what are some of the craziest things that you've seen as somebody trying to, to solve those issues? I know you mentioned a couple, but I know you've probably encountered you. or John, have you encountered anything as well? Yeah, I have a picture that I often show on slide of the guy guy in Liberia that had a tooth was bothering him, and he went to the witch doctor, and they put herbs in the pulp and put a sheet metal screw in the tooth, and wasn't very successful. So we we extracted the tooth, uh, but yeah, desperate people will do you know, yeah. and, and that's why I say 
teach the right people the right way. You know, like I said, we want people with good hands and a good heart, people that want to yes. want to help their people and want to share the gospel. Those are the people we want to train. Well, yeah. and I'll tell you this too. Just I'm going to put this out there, and it may be a bit controversial. Um, many, many times I'm asked, well, why don't you just train everybody? Why are you only training believers? And I made no secret of this fact that there is no way that I think I could humanly possibly train a lay person from day one to day five to take out teeth safely and effectively without the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I just don't think so. Um, could I teach a basic skill? Yes. But I can tell you this, in my practice, sometimes I've gotten into some really difficult situations, and I will actually stop and I will pray, God, guide my hands. I'm in a really tight spot here. Mm-hmm. And God answers prayer, guys. He does. And and so having that ability, and we tell our, our students, uh, we tell the, the trainees, and guys, and men and women, pray. Pray with your patients. Pray for your patients and pray for God to guide your hands. And, you know, in America, I think sometimes that's a bit lost on us and may sound hokey, but I'm telling you, when you see it in the field time after time after time, how these students will stop and they will pray and things just, I mean, it's no less than a miracle, okay? There's healing occurring, but some of these things that are happening are miraculous in how God guides the hands of these basically fishermen, if you will, Okay, to use a, a parallel from from Jesus's day, he's training fishermen how to fish for souls now instead mm-hmm. of fish, and to watch them take out teeth now and actually share the gospel with people who've never heard it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just amazing. well, and I think that you know the the heart a lot. You know, in, in America and in, in healthcare, a lot of the focus is on you know GPA score, GPAs, board scores, things like that that have nothing to do with. Are you are you a person of integrity that really cares about people? And so, you know, they, they I remember ITEC did a dental training in Mozambique years ago, and they said the government dental workers, very uncompassionate. They would give you one shot, and if you're numb, they'll that's great. If you're not, they're just gonna keep working. Oh and so, you know, a lot of yes, the technical skill is important, but it's also do you really care about people? Do you have compassion? And that can't be taught. You know, God has to do a work. You have to have a, a right heart that only mm-hmm. God, can, you know, you can teach people skills, um, but if you don't care about people, and so a lot of a lot of things in dentistry aren't, when you read about a dentist in the newspaper that's in trouble with the law, it's usually not because they don't have adequate training. It's because they were morally deficient. Yes. And so that's where building on the right foundation, the right foundation is not GPA and good board scores. It's, it's somebody that, really cares about people, wants to serve you, has compassion. And those are the people that you give the skills, not not the other way around. We're seeing the pitfalls of that in our in our education system uh, of, you know, of not looking at character and just looking mm-hmm. at, at, at skill. Right. Yeah. You mentioned earlier the Global Mission Health Conference, where you said the GMHC. Yes. But I'm just thinking somebody that's maybe involved in the health field somewhere, would that be a good place to explore as well oh. can actually probably meet meet you guys there oh, in person. <laughs> yes. John, John hasn't missed a year in in how long? I I don't know. I've I, I've gone most years since two thousand three, so oh, wow. I've missed a few. And don't have a perfect attendance pin from Sunday school for yeah. that, but close. 
And, and you I, normally go, I'm right, there, Tim? There, yes, I've been there. Of course, last year we it was virtual because right. of COVID. But every year since, probably, God opened my eyes to the ability to teach people. 2011, maybe. Hmm. Um, I might have missed one. I think it was in the hospital once. But other than that, that's on. I've been there. I've tried to be there every year. Be there this year. But that mm-hmm. is a great place. If you're uh, have any healthcare professional. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're a student, if you want to be a student, if you want to see what it looks like to be a, a believing healthcare professional in America, if you want to make connections with global ministries, uh, ITEC, Empower Approach, but there's literally ministries from around the globe that are there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to see what God can do for you, through you, that's a great place to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I forgot the dates this year. Is it November? It's usually the second weekend of November. Yeah, eighth or ninth. Louisville. We'll, I'm sure it'll be posted on our websites before it's over with. And uh, but yeah, it's a great place to go. Uh, that's where I met a vast majority of the iTech folks here, uh, and it's where I continue to go see people that I see usually once or twice a year, unless we bump into each other in an airport somewhere. We still try to get together and and talk and love each other and, and encourage each other. So, yeah, it's a great place to come. Uh, even if you're not a, a in medical per se, if you're not a mm-hmm. dentist or a medical student or a dental hygiene student or a physical therapy student or a nursing student, those are all welcome, by the way, at GMHC. But if you're just a lay person and you really want to see how God can use you, um, there are, in the mission field, there are, Tons of opportunities for non-healthcare professionals in a support role, um, in a um, in, in a way to help sterilization, which doesn't take a great mm-hmm. deal of training. And uh, my wife, actually, on the trips that we've been on uh, before, she was just she's an incredible listener. She would just sit and speak to the people, the ladies primarily that would come, and they have incredible burdens. And uh, by the way, she's now a counselor. She went back and got her counseling degree after one of our trips. That's great. Yeah. So God opens the doors for people. If you're really interested, GMHC is a great place to start. Hmm. If you can't get to GMHC in Louisville this fall, you can certainly contact iTech or Empower Approach. Our Mm -hmm. websites, I'm sure, will be available somewhere. Right. And uh, we'll be more than happy to visit, touch base, Zoom, you know, fly to meet you, whatever. All right. And that, I think it's empowerapproach.org. And yeah, we'll, the we'll, letter M, the word power, and then approach. the word approach, empowerapproach.org. Yep. That's right. That's right. So we'll put that in the show, in the show notes. notes yeah. yeah. So, Tim, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, glad to be able to celebrate the yes. 10 year anniversary of, of John and That's Tim. That's true. That's yeah. true. And to 10 more. And if you'd like to meet so. these guys, you know, you, you can have the opportunity to go to the website, maybe say hi to them at the booth at GMHC. I say November, November of this year. Yeah, yeah. And uh, thank you again for joining us on this episode of the Mission Minded Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Mission Minded. For more information on today's topic and show notes, please visit our website, itechusa.org. Mission-Minded Podcast is produced by iTech. The goal of this podcast is to inspire conversations about Great Commission participation. 
The views, organizations, and individuals represented, interviewed, and discussed on the podcast do not necessarily represent an official position or formal partnerships with ITEC.